0: Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing X Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and Bill's Pipes, as well as W Wheels. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a gentleman who doesn't need much of an introduction, but I have to give him one anyway because he he'd, he'd be upset if I didn't. The owner of the Four Stroke Nationals, none other than Don Schneider. Don, it's been too long, my friend. How's it going?
1: Hey, Brad, thanks very much for bringing me on BigMXRadio.com. It's been a pleasure knowing you over the last few months, and uh, I hope this podcast gets out to all of the wonderful listeners out up there on the Internet and all the big sponsors that uh, I think that you deserve to be on your show.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate you for uh, starting this whole thing, starting the webcasting uh, in the motocross industry, uh, going back um, good probably 17 years already uh where you basically originated that with the four stroke nationals allowing uh those with an internet connection that didn't have uh access to the races to uh to hear what was going on and uh it's because of that then uh i've been able to uh do what i do so uh thank you for being a little bit of a pioneer
1: well i appreciate that you know all the people that helped me out back in uh 1999, when we got a hold of, uh, AMA contacted me and wanted me to be the, the four stroke national president and organized the events. Uh, I never thought it would ever work the way it did, but, you know, in the, the, what, 15 years we ran it, we ran 108 races across the United States and, uh, what, about 15 different states. But Bob Davis, uh, in Texas helped me get in, uh, voice over IPs. So we realized what uh, webcast radio was going to be in the future for motocross, you know, and uh, as well as radio out there. Nobody was doing Internet radio back then. And uh, if it wasn't for Bob Davis and uh, Toby Sheets at imxrradio.com and Andy Cowles, my buddy that uh, works for Intel, uh, I, I couldn't have done it without those people. And if you don't give credit where credit is due, I couldn't have done it without them.
0: Well, um, no, no one gets anything done on their own. But uh, once you were given the uh, the ball and to run with it, uh, the four stroke nationals really became something. Uh Something uh, completely separate from uh, from what was going on in in American motocross. It was uh, it was a separate series. It was an active series. You had uh, a lot of competition and a lot of riders who uh, were uh, were trying them trying their hand at uh, racing these four strokes. Something that was uh, a little bit new to everybody.
1: Well, yeah, you know uh, when they decided to break off the 500 nationals in America with the AMA. There wasn't anything for guys riding big bore bikes to do anymore. And so when AMA asked me if I wanted to run the four-stroke nationals uh, during halftime, during the 125-250 outdoor nationals, I said, sure. And, you know, as it progressed... We started getting guys that wanted to jump on four strokes and ride the four stroke nationals where they didn't have to compete with guys like Ricky Carmichael and Jeremy McGrath and Jeff Stanton and all the the big dogs that were getting paid millions of dollars to do it. So, uh, you know, trying to let everybody know in 1996, you know, when the 500 Nationals stopped, we really became... Uh, somebody to be reckoned with. And I guess I will never forget uh, the day that uh, Davey Coombs asked me to come to a meeting with AMA promoters and say that you guys have gotten too big and we can't have qualifiers. We don't have time during the 112 activity Out in Internationals. So can you be a standalone series? We'll help you with your sponsors. And uh, that was a big. Um, a feat in itself let, let me say i i didn't realize where we were going to go at that time and and uh i would never forget sitting next to david coombs and him introducing me to the outdoor promoter group and saying hey get behind this guy he's he's the wave of the future and, and then when steve burns from bp Race and fuels contacted me and said hey we want to be title sponsor and uh, started sending money my way. I figured that oh my gosh, let's get an entourage together and start doing the four-stroke nationals. And you know, uh, for the people who has followed it, you know, I, I sent you a list before. We had 650 professional riders, you know, in in ten years come to our races, and I have a list of every one of them. And we couldn't have done it without them, Brad.
0: Absolutely, and uh, that's uh, that's incredible. Um how did you end up being approached about it? Like how does that how does Don Schneider uh get to the point where uh you're you're asked to do so and uh what was your reaction when the uh when the question was uh, was proposed?
1: Well I appreciate that. Yeah, I was uh writing for about fourteen different uh, magazines and publications around the United States, as well as over at, uh, in Barcelona, Spain with Solo Moto, and uh, different uh, magazines, and um, one day I got called by Ron Crandall, who was the chief steward and referee for AMA, and asked me if uh, I would be interested in being the president of the Four Stroke Nationals, and I said, "No, not at all. I just love taking photographs and writing stories and getting them printed, you know, in Cycle News and all the other magazines I was working with at the time. And and uh, I was uh, an insurance adjuster for uh, Country Companies Insurance, so I was working uh, eight to five Monday through Friday, and and going to the races, you know, on Saturday and Sundays, and just taking photographs. I I didn't think that Ron Crandall would call me out of the blue and offer me the position, but um, he got a hold of uh, Ed Youngblood and everybody at AMA, and we had uh, teleconferences, and after about uh, three weeks, I finally gave in and said, okay.
0: Well, uh, and after that it was off to the races, um, and, and, literally off to the races where, uh, yeah, these four strokes, these, these bikes that were completely foreign to a lot of guys, they made a lot of different noise. Uh, at first they were very unreliable and, uh, it was, it was tough to, uh, to know exactly how to, uh, to ride with them. And they were very unique bikes they required unique athletes. Uh, and, uh, there was some, uh, quite a few unknown guys who ended up shining on these things. Um... Uh, throw, throw a few names at me, guys, that uh, very few might know about who uh, had a lot of success in the four-stroke nationals.
1: Well, I think I, I'll start off with all of the national champions that became national champions. First off was Vlad Schmel, who uh, hails from uh, Renton, Washington. He jumped on a, uh, a Hoosberg back in the day, of the Hoosberg six hundred. And uh, he won 1996, 97, and 98 four-stroke nationals, and that was a, a big deal. I mean, we rode against guys like uh, Mike Young, Jr. I remember uh, Mike jumping uh, on uh, a Husaberg 501 back then, and a 530, he had a wonderful mechanic, Russ Fletcher, who, uh, rest in peace, Russ, he was a great mechanic, a great friend who hails from Vancouver, Washington. He was Mike young jr's mechanic and, uh, they raced the West coast series and then went over to the East coast and started following all of those races in Kentucky and Tennessee and, uh, Louisiana, all of those wonderful places where AMA has a bunch of tracks out there. And, uh, he became the Eastern four stroke national champion at that time. So we, uh, had a, uh, an east versus west uh, uh, race in Blountville, Tennessee, and you know they have a uh, an outdoor national in Blountville, Tennessee now. Which uh, at the time, you know, Blountville was just uh, another track. So uh, it's really neat all of these years to to see that that Blountville got uh, taken with AMA and have an outdoor national. But anyway, again, back to the riders. Uh, uh, Brian Spud Walters everybody knows that name he's he's still uh, a Honda factory uh, test rider uh he's married got kids uh moved to the east coast uh Spud Walters was a, a national champion with us uh his teammate Paul Carpenter uh came from Ithaca New York and uh he took over the championship the year after Spud had, had won it two years in a row then there was Dustin Nelson, factory Yamaha rider who still rides for Yamaha to this day. He's uh, got a great deal with uh, uh, American Yamaha. He does uh, off-road stuff, uh, quad racing. I see him out on uh, truck racing all the time. He did Baja 500 and Baja 1000. It's neat to see Dustin Nelson out there. Uh, guys like uh, Nathan Woods rode our series for many years, Uh, Nathan passed away as well, Uh, I just, I can't believe uh, I'm talking about Nathan Woods, he was a wonderful writer uh, with the Four Stroke Nationals, he went to the uh, Works Off-Road Series and became national champion, got hooked up with um, Husqvarna and Suzuki Uh, Guys like uh, Jimmy Lamastis rose our series, Jason McCormick, who was a factory Honda rider for years. Jason rode factory KTM uh, on the East Coast and the West Coast. He owns uh, JMR suspension to this day. Um, Thinking about Craig Decker, he came out and rode with Rusty Holland uh, on a a team that uh, came from Southern California uh, the, the names are endless. Robert Naughton, everybody knows that name. Back in the uh, the days, Robert Naughton rode for Max's Tires, uh, off-road uh, bicycle champion, came and rode out of uh, Arizona. Scott Myers, Todd Downs in, in Texas. Uh, Brandon Thomas. Mike Corder uh, was a national champion also. Uh, these guys from the Pacific Northwest uh, really create a great name for the four stroke nationals rich taylor you know his his father owns one of the goggle companies and i mean i have a list that i've sent to you before um amazing uh and then today you just happened to post a thing about a vertamati so i give credit to tim Beatty uh in southern california riding the factory Vertimati uh out in the four stroke nationals um uh, and, and Derek Lucchese, who brought that Vertimati over from overseas. So those are just a few names I've thrown out there. Dusty Clapp came down from Canada and wrote a, a bunch of our four-stroke nationals. Uh, I posted a picture today, uh, Robbie Raynard, you know, here in Oklahoma, came to our races in, um, uh, in Texas, <clears throat> and um, guys like Josh DeMuth wrote them. And uh, I remember when Josh was in Texas and blew up his 450, and I got a hold of uh, Bill Savino, at American Yamaha, and say, Bill, hey, uh, you know, one of you, the best riders in the United States, uh, won the uh, Arena Cross Series. His bike blew up here in practice here uh, Saturday afternoon, and Bill Savino had a bike ready for him, and he raced it on Sunday. And actually, I think he got, like, uh, first or second overall. So, you know, there was tons and tons of riders. I, I will hope that uh, we can give credit where credit is due there, Brad.
0: Oh, 100%. No, it seems like the, the names are endless. And uh, like like you said, to uh, to escape the dominance of your uh, your Kevin Windhams and Ricky Carmichael's of the world, a lot of these heavy hitters uh, were uh, were seeking success and seeking uh, big-time prize money um, and experience by racing these four-stroke nationals and uh, had a lot of success. Even guys like Sean Hamlin uh, the year uh, previous or a few even just weeks previous to uh, him riding for uh, factory Suzuki at the uh, the AMA Nationals, like the the two stroke would be like the uh, you'd call them the two stroke nationals. Uh, he was racing a four stroke national um, with uh, with you guys, uh, I believe, at Colorado. Incredible to see, incredible to, to get the attention that it was getting, and uh, and seeing a lot of successful riders uh, gaining experience and uh, having uh, just a great time at these nationals.
1: I remember when Sean Hamlin, he did arrive in Boise, Idaho, and he didn't really know anything about the four-stroke nationals, and when he came, he wrote against Lance Smell. and I remember Lance called me uh, that year and says, Don, I'm coming to Boise. I don't know what number I could ride, and I go, Lance, here's a number for you. How about 111? And he asked me why and I says, Well Lance, you're three time national champion. I think one 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 on your bike would look awesome. And he thought that was great. I remember him going, Okay, so he uh he had that bike uh one 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 put on his KTM and we just thought that Lance was going to come out there and annihilate everybody and then boy I tell you what, Dustin Nelson put it to him, Spud Walters put it to him, but Sean Hamblin I'll never forget Sean standing on top of the podium at Boise, Idaho. And two weeks later, he got a call from uh, DeCoster and got a factory ride for Suzuki. So, I know people were watching uh, the Four Stroke Nationals, and I got to thank, you know, uh, the people at Cycle News. Those people put a lot of work and effort in it. Chris Holtner, who now is the co-owner of today's Cycle Coverage, was the editor that I would send all my stories to down at Cycling News, and he was giving us pages and pages of press, so... For you to bring up Sean Hamlin, I'll I'll never forget those dates. And how about Mike Alessi in two thousand four? He was sixteen years old, and and uh, Tony Alessi called me up and asked me if he could ride, you know, the four stroke nationals. And that's when Ryan Hughes came out on a factory KTM. And I remember uh, every moto: the two fifty F on Saturday, Mike won both motos, uh, and then the four fifty Premier class on Sunday, he won both motos and. I've never seen such a, a disgruntled person in my life, but Ryan Hughes, he did everything he could to try to beat Mike Alessi at 16 years old. And look what Mike Alessi is doing now. And Tony Alessi out there with Smart Top Moto Concepts, you know, uh, stationed out of uh, Spokane, Washington, up in the Pacific Northwest.
0: 100%. Now, um, Don to put all this together um, to, to build a national series um, that's basically spanning coast to coast you have to get to know a lot of people. you got to know a lot of people before you get started and you got to build a lot of relationships. Um, what uh, what type of uh, lifelong relationships have you built with those in the cross industry? Uh, and who were some of the uh, integral sponsors that uh, allowed these these races to be so successful?
1: Well, I know that I uh, already mentioned Yamaha because Yamaha was our first title sponsor that we had. And, you know, those people uh, that that helped us so much, uh, Wes McCoy, uh, Keith McCartney, those people at at Yamaha were um, very substantial in in helping us get the money out there. But Michael McGonigal at Max's Tires, um, that was the year that Max's Tires was – was given um, uh, a couple of our writers a sponsorship. And um, I remember that uh, I sent off a proposal package, and then I got a phone call back from Michael McGonigal, and they sent me three figures, you know. I mean, I I was making big money from these companies and putting it back together. So guys like that were very uh, instrumental, and, and American Honda Bill Sabino... He sent us tons of of, of riders and, and motorcycles, and we got uh, contingencies. So the riders weren't just coming to make, you know, $9,000 on the weekend that we had our pro purses up there. They were making contingency dollars. So I've got to thank Bill Sabino, American Honda. That guy was awesome. FMF, uh, Donnie Emler Sr. and Donnie Emler Jr. and Danny Laporte. They were come to all of our races, you know, and FMF were selling a load of pipes. It was unbelievable. And then when Mike Young Jr. got injured, you know, at uh, Glen Helen, he created Bing Gun Exhaust, and we had all kinds of riders ride for Big Gun Exhaust. They gave us a bunch of products we gave to our riders, you know, four or $500 worth of, um, uh, pipes and silencers for each rider was incredible. I mean, uh, CHM system P4 exhaust out of Sacramento, California, were giving us tons of stuff. White Brothers, i got to say, have, heads off to uh, Tom White at White Brothers and, at the time, John Anderson, who uh, now is uh, the owner of W Wheels. Uh, John Anderson was the uh, manager for White Brothers when American Honda gave them a semi, all kinds of motorcycles uh, to Spud Walters and to uh, Paul Carpenter, and they came to all of our races. These guys, these sponsors, put out big dollars. Hanson's energy drink. I remember they sent us 300 cases of Hanson's energy drink. I didn't know what to do with it. They showed up at my house uh, with a, a semi and asked me where to put the Hanson's energy drinks. I'm going, holy crud! So we put them, uh, We took everything out of our two-stall garage and, and put them in the garage and I started giving to all the uh, mechanics and all the riders that came to the races and uh, I mean the the endless uh, Magura uh, clutches you know they, they were giving us all kind of clutch components and um, it goes on and on and on 6661 gear gave us tons of stuff, factory R&D uh, I'm looking at these lists of, of people who I, uh, I printed off prior to our conversation here but um, I hope that these people get a listen and, and know that I'm very thankful for what they did and all the people at ESPN and, and Motor World and Spike TV Outdoor Life Network. We spent a lot of money to get it uh, on TV that nobody had ever seen it before. So Spike TV was a wonderful sponsor of ours.
0: Right on. Uh, We're going to go to commercial break right now, but we'll be right back with Don Schneider. Talk a little bit about going from uh, Shutterbug and journalist to uh, full-blown promoter. We'll be right back here on Big MX Radio, brought to you by Bill's Pipes.
1: Hey, this is Jared Steinke, and we're going to commercial. We'll be right back.
0: If there's one item to be picky about it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat absorbing liner, and generous eyePort design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com.
1: What's wrong, Jeff?
0: I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a... That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for Extreme kids like us. A racing man, But more than what big likes is a bowl. And brand. And they for, for speed. Who that tastes? What a delicious Cereal bees. And
2: brand.
0: That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses just one? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com. JustOneHelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than hair, and stronger than steel. So what that means, it can move much faster. 2014 X brand goggles is back and better than ever.
2: Bills Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bills Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two stroke or four stroke, Bills Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bills Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE-13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Billspipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Linovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Colt. Bills Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bills Pipes and never settle.
0: Welcome back to the Big MX radio podcast show brought to you by Fly Racing X Brown Goggles. Uh, We're still on the line here with Don Schneider, uh, let's talk, Don, let's talk a little bit about progression from, uh, Journalism and uh, photography, and changing that into and uh, defining out uh, finding out how to uh, promote the series, how to get how to get exposure to a series as as phenomenal as the uh, as the Four Stroke Nationals. And as you know, anything that reco- that gets more exposure is only going to get better. Um, how did you start to bridge that gap? How did you start to uh, figure out uh, what are the selling points of the Four Stroke Nationals?
1: Well, that's a good point. Uh, back in those days, if you went to an Outdoor National or Supercross series, you got a publication or a program. You know, you spend anywhere from a dollar to three dollars for a program. At the time, Royal Publishing out of Peoria, Illinois was the only company that was uh, doing the publication. So AMA got me in touch with Dan uh, Pointer. Uh, which was the manager at Royal Publishing in Peoria, and we became virtual best friends over the phone. I've never met the guy to this day. Uh, Dan Pointer was uh, very instrumental in helping us with Royal Publishing, put all of the photographs and writer bios of all of these guys across the United States that were never put into Royal Publishing before, because... You know, when you go to a Supercross series, you're looking at uh, 25 guys that are getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars up to millions of dollars each. And their photographs and their writer bios are in these magazines. Well, now... We were putting together all of the guys that I call behind the scenes, the guys that make up that 40-rider uh, gate at an Outdoor National, those guys that, that do the qualifiers, that spend thousands of dollars getting to events, that usually are parked back, uh, you know, in the, in the North 40. They can't even hear the announcers. They don't know when their motos are. They don't know when their qualifiers are. Well, I put those guys on the very front row. Those guys I treated like my best friends. And that's how I became, you know, the guy who I might be today, the camaraderie that I got with these guys. I was a pro writer myself. I rode vet pro with guys like Mitch Kirkpatrick, who was one of my referees for many years. And um, these people became my friends. They weren't just people who paid money to come and and, and pay their entry fees. Their names, their photographs, their sponsors – were listed and printed, so they could use to go back to their sponsors and say, look, this is what is in this Royal Publishing magazine. And that's when we started really working with all the other companies like Motorsports News out of Seattle, Washington, and uh, I mentioned Cycle News, of course, MX America, uh, MX West, Final Lap Magazine, Southern Dirt Bike, AMX, Playground, Dirt Bike, Dirt Rider, uh, Racer X Illustrated. Man, that was a big thing for us back in the days, but those publishing companies is what helped us get uh publicity out there. And like I said, we had like a 15,000 member email list. So we were constantly emailing and, and, and getting uh, people to watch and going from state to state to state, you know, to bring in writers and sponsors and, that's why we we started at $2,000 with our pro players. We worked up to $9,000, you know, in the last few years we were doing it. We had a writer's points fund. So these guys that would run 80% of the series, we'd pay them money at the end of the series. And they just couldn't believe it. They were not getting that from any of the uh, Supercross, or the outdoor nationals. So hopefully that's a little answer to your question.
0: 100%. And... Um... That, that definitely uh, opens my eyes to uh, the spectrum of uh, the amount of people that were able to take in this series, the eyes that were on these racers that were uh, basically uh, on a, in a proving ground of what would what would become uh, the bikes of tomorrow the, the while the rest of the nation was still competing on two strokes uh, you guys were doing race development on uh, machines that would later become uh, all we ever race uh, nowadays uh, other than the odd uh, two-stroke uh, one-off race and stuff like that um, what does it mean to you to have been an integral part to, in uh, developing the motorcycles that uh, we ended up uh, that ended up taking over?
1: That's quite a an experience, I gotta say, Brad, to to know what had happened from nineteen ninety six until today, what's happened and and see the progression of Everybody's on four strokes out there, but I'm so proud and, and happy to hear that there's still a bunch of two strokes out there. I see, you know, uh, there's, there's companies uh, that are building the, the CR500s, you know, and the KX500s. And uh, I, I got to say hats off to all those guys that want to keep the two stroke Thing alive. Uh, I mean, I'm a two-stroke guy, uh, head and heels. I, I love it. That's all I knew back in the days. And and for me being asked to run the four-stroke nationals, that was really a an eye-opener. But I've got to say, hats off to all those guys um, that came to all the races. You know, I I, I got one guy here. I, I circled Greg Schnell. Greg Schnell, 125 Supercross champion. He came to our four-stroke nationals for years. A race against Lance Smell. I mean. All these guys, it's unbelievable that that I can just say thank you for all of those guys coming to my 4-Stripe Nationals from around the world, Canada and, and Mexico and, and all the guys that came from Europe. Uh, it's unbelievable. And then the guys like Chris Gosler, these people all live down there in California, you know, and they came to my races and they started following it everywhere and word of mouth traveled. So... You know, you're a, a younger person out there up in Canada that had been watched all of these guys' names, you know, and, and, and to know that they came to our four-stroke nationals. Jerry Limberter came all the way from Alaska. The guy flew from Alaska down to America, loaded up motorcycles, and came to our races. Guys like Todd Downs, him and his father, Seth Downs, would break their bikes apart, put them in crates, put them on airplanes, fly to wherever we needed to go rent a van or a truck take it to their hotels put them together in time for our races on saturday and sunday who who does that these guys did it because they were all friends we became a camaraderie that is insurmountable these guys are going to be my friends Forever, And and I hope guys like Tiger Lacey up there in heaven is listened to this and Nathan Woods and Eric Cleveland and, and now my buddy uh, Tony Mancuso who just passed away at Portland International uh, racing on Thursday night um, due to uh, an altercation. I hope those four guys up there are listening as well as all of the wonderful athletes that's followed motocross for all these years. I love doing this stuff on bigmxradio.com. Thank you, Brad.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And uh that was actually uh like um once again and it seems to happen often when we talk, you've read my mind. Uh I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the special athletes that uh that that I know were, were near and dear to your heart and uh, one that's not with us anymore. Um a lot of a lot of fans came to to, uh, to, to feel the thump at uh Washougal, washington where uh tiger lacey had one of his best uh performances on a four stroke national the two two one was uh was on rails that day uh tell me a little bit about your relationship with uh with him and uh and and what uh and what his involvement in the series meant to you
1: well if i can keep my emotions in check and not cry like a baby, I would tell you that I met uh Tyson Lacey when he was about twelve years old, and his brother Ray lacey uh at uh, Albany Motorsports Park in Albany, Oregon, back in the day and I watched them race for years and years and years and uh, I was doing some announcing at uh, Portland uh, Arena Cross one year and I got tapped on the shoulder and I turned around and there they were watching me and asking me if I would announce their races because they liked how I would talk about them and, and care about them. and I watched them grow up and then I started doing the four-stroke nationals and, and Ty Lacey uh, changed his name to Tiger. And uh, I loved watching him ride. He he went all overseas. The guy figured out how to have promoters send him all over the world, um, and he would race race all of the those races. And then when he would find a four stroke national was happening, he would fly back and he would come to our races. And you know, the last time I got to see Ty Lacey was at uh, Motorsports Hillsboro, Oregon. Uh, Scott Russell is the owner out there. Had a, a big whoop-de-do before uh, an outdoor national there at a four-stroke national at Washougal, and Tiger was there with his wife uh, Dana Lacy, and um, I took a photograph of them sitting on a big quad outside. They were giving away a motorcycle that time, and Scott was on the uh, the announcer system and talking about all of the guys that were there, and they're giving away motorcycles, and and Tiger says, "Don." are you going to bring back the four stroke nationals? And I says, well, I'm not sure, you know, at this time because all of the sponsors have went to other series, you know, there's, there's, uh, people that aren't, aren't being able to put money together and that's the only way we could do it, Brad is, is the sponsors, you know, their, their monetary as well as their promotional items that were sending us. That was the only way we could make ends meet because uh, I had an entourage of five people that went to all my races. You know, I I, uh, paid for Andy Cowles to come to the races and Mitch Kirkpatrick, my announcers, uh, Brian Barnes um, and uh, Kevin Hines out of uh, uh, Spokane, Washington, and uh, Jennifer Matson. She kept all our uh, uh, points, tallies together. And, you know, that cost us a lot of money, but I would tell you that meeting Tiger Lacey... Uh, God rest your soul, man. He was the greatest kid ever. He would pull the whole shots anywhere and everywhere we were. And I remember that race at Washugal that you're talking about so specifically. He uh, he actually only led it for about three-quarters of a lap, and he went down in the whoops. And I remember we have it up on uh, YouTube. So if any of your wonderful listeners on Big MX Radio want to uh, go back to any of the archives, you know, that you have here on Big MX Radio or go on to YouTube, YouTube and find Don L. Schneider. You'll be able to watch some of the videos we have of the four-stroke nationals and, and watch Tiger Lacey and and all of those wonderful guys. One guy I forgot to mention was Mike Metzger. You know, uh, I was living in Vegas for a while. Metzger lives down there. He did all of our four-stroke nationals as well, did backflips uh, during halftime and, uh... you know he did that big backflip at uh... Caesars palace when we had a a big event up in boise idaho i i was wishing that i could be in vegas to watch him but that was the day i got to meet uh... don wells uh... the lady from uh... gilligan's island that uh, played mary ann so i've got to meet so many people out there and and like he said tony mancuso just passed away and uh... you know we lost eric cleveland three years ago uh, another pacific northwest four short national rider and um... Uh, again, Nathan Woods was uh was one of the first guys we lost that rode the Ford Stroke Nationals for years and and uh I know Amanda has found another gentleman and, and uh has gotten remarried, so uh my hat's off to Amanda Woods and uh I, I bow to Nathan Woods, wonderful people.
0: Well, the more Cross industry is absolutely full of uh, wonderful people, and uh, the more you get you get to know, the more certain ones start to stand out and it's good to hear that uh, you're able to uh, skim off the cream of the t- the crop and uh, associate yourself with some uh, some really phenomenal people
1: yeah uh, like i said the 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 endless list I have Sean Kalos is a guy that run the four stroke nationals uh with us the years that Mike Young was there and Lance Snell, and uh he later uh quit you know and uh became a professional golfer and and it's amazing that's how I've kind of transitioned my life uh from motocross into golf and uh you know, you and I have talked on the phone before, but I now have a, a 1.2 handicap, and being that I'm uh, 56 years old, I'm on the senior tour, and I'm looking for sponsorships myself to get out there on national television again.
0: Fair enough. Well, uh, last time I checked, Dunlop uh, Dunlop makes uh, uh, golf balls, so uh, maybe there, there's some connections there.
1: Well, you know, Brock Glover and I chatted at Washougal two years ago, and he wanted to be title sponsor for the Four Stroke Nationals if I was going to start it up in 2014, and we almost did, but when my father got involved in a big motorcycle accident on a road bike, um, broke both of his arms and his hip and pelvis, uh, I decided my father was more important than motocross, so... I had to get a hold of Brock Glover at Dunlop and let him know that if we bring back the Four Stroke Nationals again, I would contact him first and and let him have the first right to refusal. But uh, yeah, Dunlop has uh, wonderful golf balls, but I lived right next door to Nike uh, in Beaverton, Oregon. So I would like to go talk to Phil Knight at uh, Nike and see if I can get a sponsorship from them guys.
0: That would be one heck of a sponsor. Uh, um, definitely a, a huge power right there. Um, what? Uh, h- how much does um, Don Schneider follow today's motocross? Uh, are you uh, an avid fan? Uh, do you do you do you are you do you watch casually, or do you attend every Supercross on your own dime?
1: <laughs> well, it's been very costly. Let me tell you, I uh, went into semi-retirement, so I. I uh, pulled out all of my 401K that I had um, after my dad had been involved in this accident. And then I decided to do, uh, follow all the Supercrosses uh, this year. And uh, I do follow them. I, I love to be able to walk into an event without wearing a big shirt or a coat that has four-stroke nationals on it and see if that I get recognized. And it's really rewarding to walk through the pits. And walk up next to somebody, and then put their arm around me and say, "Don Schneider, what are you doing here?" And it's really neat because I say that that I follow uh, the Alessi group more than just about anybody out there. And hats off to to Tony Alessi and and uh, given his son Mike Alessi, uh, all of the avenues out there and, you know, when you did your wonderful webcast or your podcast here a few weeks ago with the owner of uh, Smart Top uh, Motor concept I thought that was one of the best podcasts I ever heard and those guys spoke for an hour and 15 minutes and I, I asked that everybody to go back and listen to that and understand what it takes for a father to put everything into the effort. Uh, to to do uh, an outdoor national, and they they actually went over to Europe and did some of the motor GPs. You know that uh, uh, Ryan Villapoto had given over there. So hats off to Villopoto, uh, you know, and his um, uh, retirement. Uh, it's tough to see that as a guy uh, again from the Pacific Northwest that did so well in all of his championships. And sorry to hear that he retired, but I hope that uh, the Alessi Group keeps this going. I watch them. Predominantly, I try to watch anybody from the Pacific Northwest uh, as much as I can there's a lot of guys that i i know have potential uh and and i've seen uh, a guy that i've been working with uh rider steffy uh is the son of uh scott steffy a pro rider out of seattle washington uh i know he's uh getting back off the injured list i i wish that uh he was out there today but i watched washugo last weekend and, and too bad about the weather that got all muddy i i thought mike uh Alessi, and uh, Vince Friese had an opportunity to go to one, two out there and and show uh, some of these guys like uh, Ryan Dungy what's going on. But I follow Dungy because my father uh, used to uh, go to college with uh, Ryan Dungy's mother. So there's a lot of people I still follow to the day. And uh, I-, I can't wait to uh, hopefully go to Indiana. That's the last outdoor national. And I'm living in Oklahoma, so it's got about about a 10-hour drive from here. If I can get a hold of the Outdoor Promoter Group and get some press credentials, I'd love to go to Indiana. And I'd love to see you there too, Brad, and maybe we can do a podcast and uh, get the world knowing what's happening on BigMXRadio.com.
0: That would be, uh, I would be over the moon about that. Um, Being able to attend an outdoor national this year, I uh, regrettably had to miss out on uh, the Millville National because uh, my, my, my 9-to-5 job was uh, a little bit extended for one particular weekend, so i um, unable to attend. So uh, being able to get to a national would be uh, a dream come true for me. i uh, got to find uh, some uh, some sponsors that are willing to, uh, to get me down there uh, and help out the cause.
1: Well, you know what? I know some real fine people again in this industry, and I hope that they get a listen to this podcast because uh indiana is coming up the end of of august here and uh you know i used to live in the pacific northwest where motorsports.com is at uh jared is a really nice friend of mine and you know what guy cooper is uh is one of the spokespeople and the managers now for uh motorsports.com and uh guy cooper is the guy i named my son after my son's uh guy Stephen schneider and uh, named after uh, guy cooper and Stephen everett so hopefully these guys listening to this wonderful podcast you get yourself some sponsors and maybe motorsports will have uh, a way to get us there and uh guy cooper will be listening to this and get a hold of jared at uh, motorsports.com and get us both there brad
0: no doubt uh sky Coop listening to the big mx radio show uh uh i'd be honored just to have him listen let alone on the show um I, c- I can only imagine the, uh, the people you've met along the way and unfortunately we don't have nine hours worth of podcasting to do but uh, that doesn't mean we can't have you on again to share some of those stories but uh, who are some of those standouts for you? Some of the, Maybe the, the guys who uh, maybe you didn't know and you met them and they turned out to be great guys or uh, maybe you had a guy who uh, you'd heard differently of and uh, you met them and they turned out to be a stand-up guy. Uh, a, c- a couple of those stories if you
1: could sure. You know, I, I remember I just, again, walking down through the pits and watching where people are being interviewed. That's the biggest thing is you know that in the media world, they want to interview people that are up-and-comers, you know, and the sponsors want to get their names affiliated with those people, you know. And uh, I know the, the Smart Tops uh, Motor Concepts was – is a big company like motorsports.com that has tons of um uh aftermarket products that that are available for the rider today and the pro rider and the amateur riders so you know if you can uh have your your listeners check into those websites and and purchase those products to sponsors that sponsor these series and sponsor the riders that that make a, a big difference to us you know and Uh, I was trying to think of all all the other people that I I kind of wanted to thank for putting me where I am today. I know I've mentioned Jennifer Madsen and Mitch Kirkpatrick and Brian Barnes, the voice of Washougal National Motocross Track. The guy did some great announces with us, but before that was Kevin Hines. Kevin had uh, been an announcer in Spokane, Washington, and worked uh, with uh, the motocross track out there at Airway Heights, and I had never heard a guy that was so enthusiastic as he was and so enthusiasm sells when, when I talk with VP um, uh, Racing Fuels I'll never forget when uh, I got a phone call from Steve Burns who's the owner of VP Racing Fuels out of uh, Texas he says Don I'd like to run a four stroke national in Forestville Texas and I am the owner of VP Racing Fuels I'd like to sponsor your series I couldn't believe I was talking to a billionaire And he flew me down to that track, and I got to watch that uh, track. And and, and I remember talking with uh, the two managers there um, that were running the track and knowing that we wanted to come down there. And and look, at. nowadays, they have a a big outdoor national in Texas. And, and, you know, again, it's networking. You asked me of of who – that i didn't know and there's i didn't know anybody i just went to these races and filmed them and photographed them and now i get to meet them and when i met tom white at white brothers and he put together all of that uh the semi with uh bill savino at american honda and you know i've been running contingency races uh for years with suzuki and and honda and yamaha and i just heard these people's names. Now I was actually talking to them and sending them contracts and, and proposals and they were sending me things back and I was giving them away to my writers. So, you know, again, hats off to, to all these sponsors out there, the people behind the scenes that you never hear about. And I ran in, like I said, to Brock Glover uh two years ago at Washugo and he says, Hey, I remember the Four Stroke Nationals. I wanted to be Todd's sponsor. I go, Wow, okay. Well, over the years now, I've had people want me to run two-stroke nationals, and so where do I go from here, Brad? I just, uh, I would like to get everybody's input on it. I have track promoters around the United States that signed contracts that that we weren't able to do a four-stroke national with after my father got involved in the, his injury, and I'd love to bring it back. I just don't know. I mean, I need people like you to, to get the word out there.
0: Well, um that sounds like a, a poll that we need to start conducting on BigMXRadio.com. Let's set that up. Uh, which would you rather see back, uh, a two-stroke Nationals or four-stroke Nationals? Uh, would you guys attend a, uh, an event quite like that? Uh, some of those specialty rounds that uh, pulls out some special talent. Uh, I know myself as uh, as a premixer. Uh, I would definitely love to see a two-stroke Nationals uh, coming to a, a track near you. Uh, heck, I'd even travel for one, uh, but <laughs> uh John if if there's something like that to, to happen i got to i got to imagine that uh if the, if the trigger is pulled on something like that uh i i'd like to think that you'd be involved
1: well thank you and and i would love to be able to get uh the big sanctioning bodies involved. I remember, again, working with all the, the wonderful people, American Motorcycles Association, as well as, you know, the Continental Motorsports Club, CMC, Stu Peters, and Sandra Peters down in California. There's all kinds of different sanctioning bodies out there. If they're listening and if they're interested, I would love to chat with them. And, and they can go to BigMXRadio.com uh, and find out how to get a hold of me or you know, I'm all over the internet. It's easy to find me on, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, you know, and, uh, I would love to do a two stroke national. That'd be a cool thing. I've talked with, uh, people like Lori Ornell down in, uh, Glen Helen. I know they run a two stroke event. Uh, Washougal runs a two stroke event up at Washougal, Washington, uh, you know, and, uh, I see that they've tried some on the East coast. So, uh actually funny uh Tony alessi got me involved with some people down in Florida so i would love to see uh, another national happen down there you know at Southwick uh you know uh, or down in in Florida and run the sand tracks you know but um uh, uh, Laura Lind just got over with this last weekend and seen all those guys that are are running two strokes you know so uh, it's possible. Where where there's a will, there's a way. Yamaha has them out there. KTM's got them out there. I hear that Honda is now starting to get back into two strokes. So Bill Sabino at Honda told me it probably wouldn't happen. Uh, that was years ago. Things have changed. So let's hopefully we can bring back the two stroke event, Brad.
0: Well, that would be awesome, man. I can't wait uh, to, to uh, pick your brain more about that. Um, Don, it's been a pleasure as it always is. Um, final thoughts, final sentiments uh, on uh, this edition of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, really appreciate you giving me some time and uh, just sharing the stories, man. It's all great stuff.
1: Hey, thank you very much, Brad, for for the time and effort that you spend uh, talking with me today, and and hopefully you'll have uh, millions of listeners, if not hundreds of thousands of people that get onto your website and hope that your server uh, can handle all of the hits that you get, and and again, uh, sponsorships are the biggest thing out there, so I invite all of the uh, people that uh, are listening to BigMXRadio.com to get in touch with you and and I know all the products that you get, you write a wonderful testimonial out there. And uh, I wish you the best of, of luck for the rest of your career. And hopefully you'll have somebody who will hook us up for Indiana for the uh, outdoor uh, nationals, and we'll go watch uh, Mike Alesi again.
0: Well, Don, as you said before, it's been a pleasure. And um, any final thoughts, things you'd like to say? Uh, I know it's, it's been a huge pleasure of mine to be able to uh, bring you on and uh, have your story told.
1: Well, thanks, Brad. I think I would like to end it off in saying I appreciate what you're doing for the sport, and uh, you are the only person that has ever asked me any specifics Uh, You've got the exclusivity now of the first person to ever do an interview of what happened with the Four Stroke Nationals. It's amazing of all the editors and publishers I've worked with over the years, but you're the first guy to get this exclusivity. So I hope that everybody enjoys this wonderful podcast that you have out there, and all the sponsors are out there listening, and uh, we have a a wonderful rapport, and I hope that you get millions of web hits out there, and uh, I wish you the best of luck brad thank you for the interview today
0: i appreciate that my friend uh breaking ground and uh, making new friends all in the same uh same sweep.
1: absolutely have a great afternoon evening wherever you are and uh hope everybody loves your uh podcast it's wonderful on bigmxradio.com
0: excellent uh thanks again doc absolutely uh, as I like to say uh, watch those guys make it look easy Don it's been a pleasure as I said already once before but uh, I want to reiterate that I, uh, I can't get enough of the stories I can't get enough of this sport and uh, I want to thank you for all that you've done for it to not only progress it forward but uh, to uh, set the standard of, of what a great series should be with the four-stroke nationals running from uh, 1996 all the way up to 2007 Thank you Brad You have yourself a great night.
1: All right, buddy. You too.